0: Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name is Joe Glover. Thank you so, so much for listening. This week we have a real treat in Thierry and Gutierrez, the head of Insight at Journey Further. Thierry is someone who describes himself as a data-led creative which for me is really refreshing because as someone who's always been a little bit scared of data if i'm really honest then he sort of made it really accessible over the course of this this hour-long Q&A throughout the talk Thierry spent an awful lot of time going through a lot of tools and also uh, one of my key bits of insights was how he looks at the customer journey and how he therefore looks to look for data that matches that journey uh, to make, give it some relevance and actionability for the rest of his team. I also really loved Thierry's proactivity in coming to the rest of the team and sort of saying, hey, you know what, I've got something really useful here, let's let's have a chat and see how, how I can help you. It was a really proactive way and it showed me that if I was working with Thierry, it would be someone that I'd really enjoy the process of working alongside because I know that he'd have my back, uh, which felt really, really important. Uh, so this is now a long QA, and so you're going to be hearing plenty of my voice so I'm actually going to stop with the introduction just now and hand over to Thierry just after I've said a big thank you to today's feature sponsor for this episode who are Cambridge Marketing College. Uh, the things that I should be saying about Cambridge Marketing College, well they are the place that you want to go for if you would like a marketing qualification be that your CIM or CIPR qualifications. Um. Cambridge Marketing College have been doing it for over thirty years. They're incredible people. They're so so lovely uh, and completely expert in in what they do. They've been doing it for a long long time and uh, have also recently started in apprenticeships too in the past couple of years. So likewise, if uh, you're looking to take on apprentices or getting yourself your apprentices trained up, then Cambridge Marketing College is the place to go. With all that said, I'll now start the interview and. Uh, pass over to myself and to Thierry uh, for this hour-long Q&A. I really hope you enjoy it and thank you so much for listening. Take care. So to start off Thierry, could you just give a little context on uh, what it is that you do these days? Like three weeks into your new your new role. <laughs> yeah, how crazy is it, right? Earlier on,
1: Joe was like, "So you've been there like like two three months." I was like, "Mate, it's been about two three weeks." Okay. Um, so yeah. So my name is Thierry Ngutagure. Um I am the head of insight at Jennifer, um, and my role is really to infuse and inspire um, the performance and creative side uh, of the business with with data and insight. Right, so in terms of how that kind of manifests itself, we describe it as. Oh, James Alderson, the genius that he is, he describes it as the four Cs. So that is customer, channel, creative, and company. So that is everything from uh, customer segmentation and journey mapping, all the way to um, uh, campaign approach, um, kind of performance evaluation once once something is kind of out there, or even from a creative perspective as well, like testing our creative. How do we? How do we? add data to inspire our creative Um, and then down to company. So brand positioning and, you know, helping our clients from a kind of uh, price and product perspective. So it's really, really far reaching. But that's why I also that's why I always kind of say infuse and inspire, because, you know, a lot of the teams that I've just touched on there, they have a great level of data kind of literacy and they understand uh, what data is and, and, and the power of it it's my job not to teach them how to suck eggs, but to kind of give a different twist and a different view um, on on it numerically. Um, And I guess that's, I'm not your stereotypical data person. I say stereotypical data person, there's no such thing. I'm just not what society wrote on paper. (laughs)
0: Interesting. Um, So that's really interesting itself. So I'm already diverting from the script uh, because there's something in there which is that, And it touches on what you said at the end there, which is you're not your typical data person because everyone or there is that misconception that data can get in the way of creativity and it actually can be quite a binary thing that if you're, if you're data driven, then you're not creative. And if you're uh, creative, then you're not data driven. I mean, so it's interesting that you sort of sit in between the two. How does that sort of work out day to day?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know. I even describe myself as a data-led creative. Um, It's on my Twitter um, kind of description. And it's because someone thought I loved here is mug. is actually an epic mug, yeah. I love big uh, cups and I cannot lie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So with the creative team, I'm actually, uh, like even physically sit close to um, the guys like Ben Ducker and um, and, and Amy Jones who kind of lead our creative offering. And the idea is that even when you're coming up with a creative concept, um, so I'm talking creative uh, creative content, uh, design assets, um, brand visions, et cetera, when you're putting those types of things together, where does it always start, right? Everybody always says, put the customer in-, in mind. And what is the greatest way in 2022 to understand your customer, if not data, if not to understand that, you know, they do these things, they have these interests we've done this market research and this piece of segmentation and we believe that this is what they love we've looked at the customer journey and we've said actually this is a little bit of a pain point so you know instead of like look at marmite for example is a perfect one right so they did a piece of consumer research and realized that actually most of the people don't even like the product so then instead of going (laughs) instead of going right we're going to throw this in the bin it's that kind of insight led creative where they went actually why don't we just say marmite you know you either love it or you hate it and it creates a bit of a divisive, you know, um, approach to a brand to help um, kind of frame it in the mind of the customer. So it is that. It's, 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 stopping, it's stopping teams thinking, oh, I can't bothered talking to Thierry as a data team. They're just blockers. You know, I feel like in a lot of places I've been, we, we're seen as blockers of people who say no when this thing's not possible. And even when I kind of build my teams, um, it's not that we never say no. Absolutely not. But if we do say no, we we'll give an alternative. And it pushes my team as well to try and think creatively and outside the box and think that actually, why has this not been done before? Like, let, Let's delve into that, let's lean into it. And if it's difficult and it's hard, then good. Uh, because then no one else has ever ventured um, uh, that way. And so therefore it's, it's kind of worth it. So yeah, I definitely think data can be creative, even outside of like data viz and things like that. Um, I just think it's the way you frame it within the company. I think it sets the tone. I think when I come in and I'm like, Rah, and I'm a bit loud and brash and I'm like <laughs> obsessed with other people's uh, output um, and I'm looking in and I'm going, right, oh, oh amazing. So you're, you work in paid social, incredible. Like, what, how do you come up with a lot of your campaigns? How do you track them? How do you know when one asset is working and one asset isn't? Amazing. So then how do you then attribute that? It's incredible. Um, and I just become obsessed with other people's, um, you know, KPIs, as it were. Um, <laughs> and it helps you as well become a little bit more creative, too.
0: I love it. Cool. So last week when we were speaking, you um, I loved the analogy you used, which was that in this in this new role and and previously as well, you sort of described yourself as almost being like in this spider's web. Yeah. And and like you could, when you heard like a or or felt like a one of the little wires sort of twinging, you were like, oh, oh. I'm over there. You know. I mean, what what did you mean by that? Because I guess that's like an example of you sort of being obsessed by other people's KPIs, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of teams um, can be quite insular. It can be quite easy to be insular. Mm-hmm. And I think we've just gone through a flipping global pandemic and it's possibly the easiest time on like, ever to be insular and to you know, sit in our homes as I am today and not have to speak to anybody all day and, uh, um, and, can, and still get on with my work, you know, you know, come in, punch my paycheck and go home. It really is that simple but what what I mean by describing myself as a bit of a spider's web is that what I think a a few of us fail to understand is that you know my success is also down to somebody else's success too like we succeed and we fail together so if I can be obsessed with what you're doing there's always an opportunity that I can kind of get involved with or, or create or help kind of elevate and so then that's why I always sit and anybody that flinches and asks anything even from like Even from a, you know, a team perspective where you're trying to buy a tool, for example, and you need shared shared budget, right? What's better than splitting the budget between two departments and getting a tool that you actually wanted instead of compromising? Even little things like that, right? Um, But for me, it's very much like, yeah, I, I sit in the middle of the spider's web and I connect to as many people and as many outputs and as many inputs and as many pictures and as many anything as humanly possible. So if one of them flinches and I go, oh my God, I've got an epic idea you know, I will, I'll go over and tell that person, like I have a notes page now that's just dedicated where I come up with ideas for our creative team, where I come up with ideas for the PR team. Now we may not have a client, it doesn't matter. I'll put that <laughs> in the chat and I'll say, hey guys, I've come up with this idea for Monzo and I think it's absolutely genius, right? Who do I need to approach to, 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 to vet this or get this out? Or, you know, the creative team, uh, we're kind of sitting there and saying, right, how do we infuse data? into the way that we we drive our creative to know that it's working mm. oh amazing well you know we can use um kind of ai to understand you know what's in the creative and so therefore what converts and what works do you know what i mean not saying that the creative team would never have known that but mm-hmm. it takes two to tango
0: for sure um, uh, so yeah i'm just obsessed i love that man you know that's that's such a awesome attitude to have you know, to, to, to be that team player and actually to follow it up, it's not just words, or it certainly doesn't seem that way. You know, it seems like, you know, you genuinely give a crap, you know, and it's, it's both success for... Uh, both individuals but I mean end of the day you know it makes life a lot more interesting too uh, there's, there's there's so many lovely comments coming in uh one from uh Adam who just uh, was complimenting you on your beard your beard <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I mean just like I said I'm obsessed with everything last night honestly I got I literally had a protractor out trying to sort my beard out so you know um <laughs> the devil's in the detail <laughs> I love it I absolutely love it um so you spoke about like having a bunch of ideas um there and 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 like, you know, you strike me as that person who would have a bunch of ideas and, and you're also going to be exposed to a bunch of data. Yeah. And this isn't just you, this is every marketer ever, you know, when you go into Google Analytics, you're going to be presented with an abundance of stuff that is all really, really interesting. Um, and so What are you starting to look for when it comes to finding an interesting bit of data that you can turn into a quote unquote insight um, that someone can start to act on? You know, are are you doing that spitball thing where you're getting like thousands of them and then you're just picking one that seems the most interesting or are you actually looking for something specific when you're going into these places?
1: Yeah. So I think when people, I think you've hit the nail on the head actually, you know, I, I think we are in a generation where we've known the most ever about our customers but yet we don't know that much and we don't understand them as well as we should you'd think would be a lot further down the line considering how much data that we have on them but i think that data became a buzzword that people use to you know uh signify some sort of prowess but whether you're actually data driven is a completely other story you know do you know what i mean um and and the reason being is because i empathize because it is overwhelming. Like it's, it's a lot, there is a lot of data expect, like even from the smallest businesses up to, you know, uh, kind of internationalized kind of conglomerates and everything, there is a, a lot, which is why it's, it's, I would never say go to the source and sit there and try and figure something out. Absolutely not. I think that the way I come up with ideas is I actually go through the customer journey. So for example, I wanted to come up with some ideas for um, the current, like employment and employment brand, right? So they put up job ads. So I could have sat in uh, their GA. Um, I could have sat in their, you know, their social paid accounts. I could have sat in, uh, you know, their their customer segmentation. I could have sat in all of that stuff. But what, but it's too much, you know, you can't see the woods for the trees. So what I do is I go through the physical journey and you can find stories within it. So, for example, when I was going through that journey, it turns out that this particular job, uh, job board, board, like Poster, they, um, you can submit your CV, right? Mm-hmm. And when you then submit your CV, in my head I was thinking, well, what's in my CV? And when you start thinking like that, then you can start you know, weaving certain narratives because you've actually physically gone through it. So then I went, okay, amazing. So from my CV, I can figure out you know um what is the most loved job based on how long the gaps were when people have changed jobs for example right and I can even do a thing of like does money buy happiness so then you know the length of you staying in your role could signify happiness and therefore the average salary of that role could then give me a bit of a proxy as to you know how much it takes uh, to keep you happy and to be in a certain role I can even look over time, right? Because if they've got 2 million of these CVs, it means they've got some years ago versus now. So like, what are the current benefits that convert better now? So is it actually four day work weeks? Is it pick a mix in the office? Is it a slide? Is it What are companies then offering people in order for, for them to want to stay? And even one that they actually end up doing was like um, super simple. Like what are the most misspelt words in your CV? just little things like that, where you've gone through the physical experience yourself and you notice, oh, you can submit this thing and therefore what are the stories from there? Or, you know, even like, um, you know, everybody would have gone, well, you will know the individuals that went to university and what their job role is now and the average salary of that. So therefore you can create a tool where people can come in and say, I went to Leeds University, I studied this subject, what is the average salary projected now for that subject? or even, you know, average salary of their job role versus their name because you've got it on their CV, right? So Thierry's on, on average earn X amount um, <laughs> over time. So it is very much about, you know, not sitting in the data because I'm not going to lie, binary information isn't actually that inspiring at all. Mm-hmm. But going through the physical journey, what would my customer actually do um, and understanding first of all that could be pain points as well as points of inspiration that's
0: yeah. awesome I love that and, and what's the output is it literally like a I mean that's an amazing way of doing it you know I can almost you know I can almost imagine it in a way sort of going into a GA or something like that now and almost having like you know that journey sort of plotted out in my mind and you starting to ask those questions and do you just have like an output at the end, which is just like literally a bunch of questions, or is, yeah. is, and you just got the list of questions, and then you start to investigate it and then sort of move through that. Is, is that how it works? Or... Yeah, no, exactly that. So, you know, it's not always
1: that maybe I'm looking for um, something for the for a PR hook or a social hook or a campaign hook or whatever that may be. And mm-hmm. um, it might also be something where I'm like, um, it might be like um, a UX or a CRO thing where I'm like, oh, I didn't, I, I'm looking for spas, but I don't know where I'm going to be. I just want inspiration. Mm-hmm. So some spas, you go on there, you put your postcode in there, you put the local city and it's like, well, what if I'm not bothered by the city? I just want some inspiration. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just things like that where you've reached a pain point. You went, actually, we should probably put an explore, th- an explore button in here. And it just gives you the most recommended spas um, within a certain radius or so it asks you for your location, for example, right? It might just be a physical experience thing. And I'll just write that down. Um, or if, for example, um, we are, I'm trying to understand, you know, what is the most, you know, if I'm looking at a, a, a trainer uh, company and I want to know what is the most popular um, silhouette so that we can go out for it, as we say, from whether it is a social perspective or it is, uh, you know, buyers, for example, what is trending right now mm-hmm. that or what is coming up as a trend that we can jump on uh, in time to come so then in that perspective i'd go oh let me go to our site search and understand is there any thing that our customers are expecting us to have that we are not giving them yeah and then pass that on to the buying team and say by the way you know the the guys are looking for halter neck tops we should we should really get some of them in it's clearly that it's clear that we're not you know we're not we're not fulfilling that need and i've done a competitor audit And none of them have ultimate tops either. So it's a great thing for us to be able to jump on. Interesting. Um, So it's just things like that. So, yeah, it's not always, um, you know, ideas for like PR and creative and things like that. Sometimes it is just something that keeps our site and our online brand healthy, (laughs) ultimately.
0: Absolutely. No, but that really strikes me as a really pure form of marketing in the sense, because, you know, so often we say, you know, the, the, uh, marketing is the voice of the customer in, in an organization, you know, and, and, and that's our job is to sort of, put, you know, be the voice of the customer. But actually what you're doing right there is doing exactly that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going through their journey and you're you noticing these little points of, it of, of inspiration or, or moments of improvement. And then you're sort of saying, you know what, actually... There's just a little bit of a data here, which is that creative storytelling bit, um, which folks go, ah, you know what, you know, you're right. And actually, we can do something about that. That's that's really, really interesting. There's some there's some fascinating um, chat going on here in in the chat feature. And uh, there's a there's a uh, point here from Catherine, who sort of says, I'm struggling to get people to focus on the important data rather than just pick some random stats and going, okay, we've done the data thing then, and then ticking yeah. it off the list. I mean, presumably that feels like the answer a little bit. I mean, yeah. do you have anything to add though? I th- I think yeah,
1: so. I, think that,
0: I think that some, it depends
1: how you, you approach um, data, because I think I've been in a lot of situations where it's retrospective, where you know, um, I can't remember what the famous quote was now, where it was like, um, I think it was along the lines of like, give me your opinion and I'll find a stat to fit it. Mm-hmm. and being a lot of retrospective uh, analysis on on a lot of things where somebody has a preconceived notion or a bias towards something and so then they go aha I have found the numeric that fits my opinion and my bias and so therefore we're gonna go for that one
0: yeah.
1: um and it's done a lot it, it really really has done a lot or like you know even in pictures where the entire thing has been put together and it's like can you just like go right to the beginning and just add a bit just add a bit of data that'd be great (laughs) i'm like the job is done like the bias has been set with we're, we're, we're we're rolling now so i totally do kind of empathize about um uh empathize with that and i think it is it is something that kind of um it needs to be from the top down and we to show true value in a sense of when I say top-down, I don't mean like your CEO needs to be born today or whatever, because you can, you can inspire them from the sense. But top-down from when that idea or thing comes to fruition. So you need to make it part, show value for right from the beginning. So if you know you've got a pitch coming, whatever that might be, you know, put together a bit of audience insight. Uh, a great tool is like YouGov Profiles. It's brilliant. Um, it has a panel base of about 300,000 Brits uh, across 250,000 data points. And it can tell you everything from what brand of wet cat food somebody buys um, to, you know, if they over-index for being vegan. Um, and it's a really good way of, especially that over-indexing of being able to inspire your colleagues and saying, this is what makes our audience different. Um, is, is a really It's a really, really interesting way. And the thing is as well, they might not be bought in right now, but there is a lot of fatigue in the way that we work at the moment. So, for example, even take digital PR, right? So... If you've got a retainer for a client for like 12 months, I'm, I'm assuming you're probably running like two campaigns or a campaign every month, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to come up with like 12 plus then reactive, right? Um, there's a lot of ideation fatigue there. You know, there's some that there's each time you come up with like 50 odd new ideas, you know, to my stick, etc. There's a lot of fatigue. So at some point in time, that team needs to go back to look at the customer. They have no choice to, to do that because they've run out. The, the well is dry. It's as simple as that. And you start seeing that in results, whether it's you know, the results of links or brand awareness or however it is that you're KPI in yourself, um, they, the, that fatigue will come. And the only thing that ever stops that fatigue is going back and having a look at your customer and saying, right, who are they now in comparison to when, we've, when we last looked at them? What are they interested in? Because the world moves fast enough. And I know a lot of people say, you know, things like once a person has an opinion, it's stagnant. Absolutely not. Like, I think we're in a generation now where um, as soon as you're informed about something new you've got two choices you stick with your opinion or you, or you switch and I think quite a lot of people do switch mm. um, with new information mm. um, and so then it means that every time you do a piece of research against your audience it's also almost a completely different uh, you know individual that you're looking at uh, a year or so down the line yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's especially if you're looking at like the gen z's and the millennials like we're, we're flipping as hell like we change their mind a lot of times and so yeah continuously go back and understand you know what's causing them pain what inspires them what do they love what do they hate mm-hmm. yeah. um and you know how can i how can i be involved uh, in, in in that conversation i love that
0: no you know it, there's, there's, there's something you said at the beginning there which is sort of moving away from that reactive sort of place to a proactive one and actually um sort of you know it makes so much sense because there's there's a point here that uh uh, Louise made I think or Helen uh, who sort of said that um, they felt like uh, the perception was that they were the people that were slowing down the team because they were looking for that data point you know and, and stuff like that so actually if you've already started with that data point with that insight at the beginning then you're not slowing it down you're in fact kicking off a process uh, which is really really interesting um, just very quickly mate um, from time to time your your mic is being caught on your, uh, your zip so just be careful with that yeah um, uh, you mentioned the YouGov um, tool uh, for finding out data and stuff like that um, and actually one of the, the top question in the Q&A right now is from Adam who asks are there any uh, data tools uh, similar to ONS, Gov, Google Trends that you'd recommend? And I know that you've got a bit of a list or at least a mental list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So um,
1: let's Let's do it in a narrative, just so that I'm not, sc- uh, I'm not scattering you guys with um, loads of tools. So let's say we've got a pitch. Let's say we've got a pitch for Greenpeace. Mm-hmm. Let's make it up. Greenpeace is quite cool, right? <laughs> um, and the reason I picked Greenpeace as well is that I have absolutely no idea what their what their issues are, um, or you know what they struggle with. But I, I tell you what, I probably I know they do struggle with as well is kind of getting in front of that audience and making sure that they care and picking topics that they're bothered about, right? So, um, yeah, answer the public is an absolutely brilliant one. Um, so that's one of the things that I'd, I'd go to first. So you know, understanding what questions people are asking around uh, around a given topic around a given brand the who, what, when, where's. Um, I would also, um, if you're looking for O type stuff, I'd then go to, okay, let me look at some stats around uh, the climate, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, the where I start is Google data search. So it's very much like Google Scholar, mm-hmm. um, but it's where I go to when I'm like, I have absolutely no idea what numerical value is out there about a given topic. And it also helps you frame um, uh, the way you talk. So for example, sometimes I go empty houses in the UK, that are not energy efficient. Actually, they're not called houses. And when their data is collected, they're referred to as dwellings, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just, you don't even know, you, you know, you're, you're not looking, uh, you're not looking correctly. So I go to Google, uh, Google data search, brilliant starting point, and um, Answer the public to understand once again, uh, what kind of questions people are asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would look at the macro topic. So let's say we found a, a topic around, uh, you know, people talk about deforestation. Mm-hmm. so now I want to understand what is it that people are bothered about around deforestation so I would then start looking at things like um, if I want to look at anything that's trending I'd go to exploding topics exploding topics is a really good one mm-hmm. um, that will tell me what are people searching for at the moment that is reaching peak trend um, and to what degree and what that search volume actually is um, I would then look at search as well so like things like your know, keyword tool etc will give you that it'll give you that internationally and by city as well um if needs be i then use a tool called uh busumo Bosumo is an awesome tool so what that gives you is of a topic how much how many articles have been written about deforestation in the last five years and what is the engagement of those things so then what it tells me a couple of things that right? it tells me the seasonality of a topic because it will show me over five years how many articles are written it will then um be able to tell me uh, the highest times of engagement so if I know that there was a really high point of engagement I can click on it and go oh would you look at that David Attenborough released a <laughs> something around there brilliant you know David Attenborough is a dude to kind of talk <laughs> around uh, if needs be it will also then teach me that those publications are um uh, the most engaged with publication so if i do then create a campaign i know that actually when we talk about deforestation the publications to go to are, aren't maybe like you know the planet earth and things like that might not be um or, or the national geographic it might not be for this generation it could be lab bible
0: mm.
1: you know what i mean so there might be just be a great level of engagement there so then immediately by knowing that and i can then go right well what type of content would Lad bible talk about when it comes to deforestation for example um it will also tell me um what content types work. So when I was looking at it, um, it looked at things like uh, how-to articles did really, really well, brilliant. It means that people are bothered about stopping said thing and are looking for tips on, you know, how they can contribute their part. Um, And then within it as well, it has loads of things um, like um, uh, questions and topics asked around that topic as well, similar to um, and to the public um what other tools would I then use so yeah you go profiles will tell me you know of those people who are bothered about um or who are socially conscious who are they where do they live how much do they earn etc that one's a little bit more expensive uh but it's a, it's a really 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 good tool um reddit as well brilliant um I just saw reddit in the, in the chat there reddit is an awesome way of understanding how people talk about a certain topic so you can go in there and have a little look at um you know deforestation what are the pain points you know uh what are people doing at the moment who's the leader within this market Um, and how can i um how can i uh, get involved but yeah just just as um, what you said then it it is quite some it's quite hard to get into i think reddit it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a difficult one but there are loads of reddit scrapers out there so you can just do text analysis so just scrape the entire um a bit there and then just look for keywords just do a bit of text analysis there. that's the easiest way instead of reading mounds of it
0: Interesting.
1: um oh what else would i use there is loads oh um sometimes you know even just start with something like similar web super okay. easy. similar web just you know looking at um you know what websites look like mine based on the audience that come here um and, and seeing what else they interact with helps you because also what Greenpeace is probably struggling with is like, when people love Greenpeace, what other brands do they like? Because I guarantee you, you'd probably think, oh, people that love Greenpeace probably like other, you know, socially conscious um, initiatives and brands, but it might not be the case. Like, you know, I love Greenpeace. I also shop at Primark. Mm. No, it's it's a a thing, but you know, we all do our bit in some way, shape or form, but as soon as you understand where that crossover audience is, um, then then you're onto a winner um yeah but nice. oh social listening social listening tools i've used uh sprout social i like sprout social meltwater is pretty good as well especially as well from uh getting alerts to around certain topics um and what other one brand watch is it's good uh a bit spenny but it's decent um <laughs> I'm so open to stuff like that. Whenever people like, I'm like defensive. Don't you? <laughs> nobody loves them. To be fair, no, I, do really do.
0: I love it. And also, thank you very much to, to Nicole and a couple of others who have been popping those links in. in the, yeah, that feature that's absolutely cool. all over it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to be putting like UTM codes on those as well. You know, just so we're getting credit for. Yeah. for, for the <laughs> you know what? They they do it though. You know, like uh, one
1: thing I've realised as well as marketers is that like we'll pay hand over fist for certain things, right? But we're already like using these tools religiously and in the same way an influencer gets paid or gets a discount to talk about something on Instagram, why do we not do that for the amount of interesting stuff that we talk about on like LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever that might be? I just think we just need to change, change the frame of the conversation, to be honest. And I've approached a couple of people like that and said, look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I respect your product and I love what you're doing. I don't have the budget for that but you know um because I love the data I'm going to produce stories about it anyway and you could kpi me on that and be like cool tier you have to produce 10 insights a month for it and we'll give it to you for free epic I was going to do that anyway <laughs> um <laughs> oh so, yeah just leverage 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 leverage
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it this is what I was speaking about at the beginning with your energy and <laughs> so thinking differently I, I absolutely love it man you know like I I, uh, I come away um inspired and thinking why didn't i think of that
1: good, <laughs>
0: good. <laughs> i love it yeah i like that from azim can, yeah. can i pay with his likes and, <laughs> yeah. and retweets
1: might, <laughs> <laughs> might listen azim but... i swear if i get a deal with british gas watch <laughs> you will be eating your words <laughs>
0: i love it um cool so let's go to fiona because fiona asked a great, a great question and I, I guess we've also focused largely on on quantitative data so far. So I figured this might be a little nod to qualitative data here. Uh, Cause Fiona asks, uh, what's the best source for data if you or your client doesn't have enough of their own just yet? So we, we've gone through the tools just now, but. Yeah. Um, is, is there, is there any other routes that you go down?
1: Oh, as in if the, the so let's say what we we'll are bring in like a new company, new product to market, maybe they don't have that much about them. Yeah, you might know something um, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hush, hush. Um, yeah, we'll be doing a launch event soon, guys. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so realistically, with things like that as well, it's you can run quite a lot of first-party research. So it doesn't even have to be necessarily just qual in itself. So um, you can do a lot of quant research for quite cheap, um, just to kind of understand. So I've done I've done it for quite a big, uh, a large, um, fast fashion brand where. Um, you know we were just testing things like does does having price on our uh, out of home ads change um uh, not out of home sorry our like on-site graphics does that convert better um, in comparison so we, we can just test that like, similar to the way people kind of test you know logo logos and whether something tastes good or whatever that might be so you can physically taste you can physically test that first party um but what you can kind of also do too is running focus groups which is my favorite part because with focus groups obviously accounting for things like um uh bias like leading the group into into a corner that you want them to to exist in Mm -hmm. it really helps you understand and ask and push why like I reckon if you ask why like three times or something then you'll end up getting the answer so somebody says, oh well I don't really like this why well because of this why well actually this part of your website is really annoying or this product doesn't taste that good or whatever that might be and I think focus groups are real wealth of um wealth of knowledge but they are also I'm not gonna lie a lot of times because I saw a comment with somebody um uh, that said it there that sometimes they that sometimes marketing is seen as a bit of an overhead and so then when that happens research at the beginning goes by the wayside because Realistically, if you're, if, you, if it's an overhead, you're trying to run it a bit lean and efficient. So then people kind of end up cutting out that research element. And things like focus groups can be quite expensive, mm-hmm. um, but you can do them quite cheaply. There are a lot of third parties. So a lot of the CRO and, and UX um, guys um, do it quite well when it comes to customer research, whether it's like Hotjar and things like that, where they have you know, first party data from people physically using it, but through a third party offering. Um, you can do that quite cheaply um which which is which is relatively nice and then this is where you come into collab collaborating with um two different departments so you might be uh you might collaborate with your buyers for example so they want to understand what people are actually interested in what's going to be trending what can we buy what can we do to get in front of people and you might then tag on to messaging pricing customer journey etc and and kind of hook together but yeah it is <sighs> it can be a bit it can be a bit expensive but I think this is where it comes back to you know the well is dry mm-hmm. how else do we come up with something um without being obsessed with our customer
0: I think this is you know I mean it's, it's everything you know we had Mark Ritson come and speak two weeks ago and he speaks diagnosis strategy and tactics and you do it in that order you know and, and diagnosis yeah. is all about understanding the customer yeah and if you're not doing those things you know it, it strikes me that um you know and indeed this is the narrative that he speaks about if you're not doing those things then you're just doing things you know yeah, you're yeah. you're 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 putting stuff out into the world but without any sort of reason why so yeah actually to be effective in our role you do need that insight and whether it's qual or quant there has to be something at the beginning that sort of yeah, says yeah. you know this is a problem that needs solving and we're going to discuss it in a way that feels relatable
1: yeah exactly yeah exactly that diagnosis stimulus yeah i love that mm. um yeah absolutely and and it can be always on it doesn't have to always be like we're going to spend 20 grand now, mm-hmm. not really, like you can just spread it out throughout the year, if you, especially if you understand seasonality, like why not run a piece of research during Black Friday to kind of inform you, you know, what, what helps people buy during that period in time, what, what, what is the actual stimulus during that period in time, so then when, when back around again, mm-hmm. you are, you are better informed instead of then spending it in April or whatever that may be, um when the, your customer is out of that kind of buying mind frame or out of that situational um thing so yeah you, you can have always on activity Um, what well, even if it's just monthly touch points like from a brand health perspective and understanding where you stand mm-hmm. uh you know between yourself are you are you seen as the cheapest what is your brand awareness what is your brand impression mm-hmm. etc just have that always on monthly quarterly um in, in the grand scheme of things what that's like 500 quid a month or something like that where you can run those
0: well i, I love this point and, and so i want to come back to this in just a second because uh claire says uh we're currently running a market research survey and struggling to get responses um so something i would recommend is like a, a panel um sort of uh piece of software or, or platform there's there's ones that exist out there a, a test is an example where you can go out and you can actually already get sort of like uh, market research responses uh, from panels that they've already put together. So I'd, I'd recommend that. Um, but Thierry, there was there was a um, there was a point there which you sort of said about sort of reporting on a regular basis, and that sort of leads into like we've got the data, you know, we've got all yeah. these tools and stuff like that, and we're doing the internal stuff now uh, specifically and talking mm. about re- reporting. And like, it's a question that comes up so often in the Facebook group on the marketing meetup is like, I want to build a dashboard or, or something like that. Yeah. um what's your experience with dashboards I mean what tools do you use but also what's the thought process that you put into building a dashboard to sort of create something that has meaning and can still tell a story and not just be numbers that sort of come across you know as just random numbers
1: yeah yeah so this is the old age problem I think and that 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 we have in terms of different people want to see different things in different ways at different times mm-hmm. and so then we'll always run into this um issue and you know uh, once it was an email and then once it was this and, you know, once it was a deck that you produce every month, et cetera. But I think we need, what I've quickly learned is to not fight it. Um, I think that with people wanting to see different things in different ways, you know, we can spend the next two and a bit years, three years that we work with them trying to change their mind and change their mind frame. But really and truly, some people are just comfortable in the way that they see things. And even if they tell you that, yeah, 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 use a dashboard. You, I could put a tracker on it, not for a fact that you didn't. Yeah. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. So what we're in now is actually being in a world where we understand each other's differences, right? This, oh, wow, this is very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand each other's differences and uh, we're able to cater for them, right? So for example, uh, really cheap, one that kind of google data studio is a perfect example mm-hmm. um i think if you plug into many things it breaks a little bit but as a as a free starting point it is a phenomenal tool mm-hmm. um and so then what we've then built in for that is not only do we have the ability to visualize those kpis and you know where we're at and uh, uh, and have those top uh, kind of top line metrics and then you can put tabs in there for any kind of deeper analysis or even split them by teams and things like that is brilliant but even within that I also then have a, a Google sheet, um, uh, like literal, like a, a click through mm-hmm. so that if you don't want to visualize it in that way or you have a, you're a little bit more data literate and you want to do a bit further analysis yourself, you can click into it. And that's that's already populated with the data that you saw in your Google Data Studio. So then you can then uh, delve into that data if necessary. So then it's respecting the fact that some people have got a couple of minutes and I want to look at a dashboard and some people really want to get into the nitty gritty um uh, and have a little look uh, and and delve a little bit further Um, within google data studio as well you can uh send email alerts i think that's one thing that is underutilized so if you know somebody if you're trying to get somebody to read it a little bit more often Mm -hmm. um you can then send them parts or parts or entire of the report as like a weekly email or even a daily email um and it'll it's integrated Obviously, Clip being a Google product this is completely integrated within the, uh, the kind of email as well and it looks super nice. And it's a really good way of almost nudging mm-hmm. somebody to have a little look at something. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I do think it is the easiest way is to understand that, yeah, different people want to see different things at different times um, for different things. Um, and we just, need to, we just need to cater for that. Now, there's a bit of a difference though, because sometimes as well, it's sometimes it's around efficiency because i do get like you don't have time to um to produce two different styles of report four different types of reports because someone else wants to see um <laughs> uh, want, want to see four different variations of things but it is what is the most efficient way to show this in multiple variations so it usually is falls to realistically google sheets and and some sort of data visual um and yeah and i, and I think we are just Nice. You just have to, you have to just, yeah, get stuck in.
0: I like that. And, and so, you know, do you pick those metrics based on presumably it's, it's just having to sit down and sort of saying what matters to you? You know, I, I, so I really love the nod by the way to, you know, it, it, it's something folks say an awful lot, you know, you, the CEO's only got time for three lines and the senior manager's got time for five. And then, you know, the manager's got time for seven and stuff like that. But, you know, actually I think there's a lot more thoughtfulness in, in how you've just described it. You know, folks engage with data in a different way and, and, and would like to see it in different ways. I mean, do you literally just have a conversation with folks just to determine these are the things that are important to you? Or do you make second guesses when you're sort of building these dashboards and just yeah. sort of present something that feels important to you?
1: Yeah, because ultimately, sometimes you're talking to people as well that might not um, be as data literate as yourself. So they sometimes, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So sometimes you don't know what to ask for because they might go, yeah, I'd like to see this and this. Mm -hmm. And actually what I'm asking them isn't the metrics that they want to see. I just want to understand what success looks like for them. So like Mm -hmm. if something goes well or if something goes bad, where do you go? What do you go and look at or what tells you that that is the thing? And then I will know what, you know, what to put on there for them, because their view is goal orientated. And then that way I can understand what metrics constitute to said goal. So is it actually that you want to look at? And also then it allows me to plant seeds of inspiration. So then if they're like, you know, um, I want to see, you know, what products are performing best and our average order value and things like that, then I might implant a site search portion where it pulls through what people are searching for product wise so not only are you seeing you know the average order value for certain products and what products are doing well seasonally but then there's a little bit of inspiration of going oh by the way did you realize I didn't realize halter neck tops were actually um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of also like inspiration where they might not know that that was a thing that you can actually um uh, that you can actually do or get so yeah it, it, it isn't it, I hate I as a data individual or an insight individual, I hate being briefed in. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It really,
1: because it assumes that you know everything about my role in order for you to ask the, the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think if you see me as a source of inspiration, mm-hmm. um, no, I'm not obsessed with Holter Next Top. Sorry. It's just a great product <laughs> example. <laughs> I've actually got one underneath. Um. <laughs> I, I like to be seen as a source of inspiration where you go, Thierry, I've got this goal. You know, what, what do you think is the best way to approach this? And I go, okay, brilliant. Actually, um, for yourself, it's, you know, it might be a, a data database where we're going to do it on, you know, Google Data Studio, but I think it's going to take a lot of data to, in order to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to plug it into Funnel, which is going to allow you to clean your data up a little bit more before it hits Google Data Studio. So it'll be a little bit quicker for you. And also it means that we can mix a lot of the
0: data a little bit better and you don't need loads of Google Sheets. Yeah. yeah yeah um and yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah honestly I I made this mistake so many times and and so this seems like a real running theme throughout the duration of this chat you know but I've made this mistake in a different context which is speaking with a creative team in the past you know and wandering up to them and sort of saying can you make a brochure and they're like why do you want a brochure and actually they take me through a very very different journey um you know based on their expertise and, and everything they know uh, to actually get to a place where it's like, oh, actually, the thing that we need to create is this, and 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 doing it that way. So I think there's a the the theme that seems to be coming through from you here uh, throughout the duration is, you know, data can be so useful, but it's done yeah. proactively and bring these people in nice and early as well, yeah. and, and sort of into that process because then yeah. you can learn that expertise. And you can yeah, say, and and it. I
1: and I totally think as well that like data can be it, data can be taught, uh, but what can't be taught is people who are obsessed with what other people are doing, people who love creating ideas, have a bit of an infectious attitude, et cetera. And I think actually when we're, when we're hiring for data, yes, we're hiring for, a, or insight, we're hiring for a level of competency for sure. Mm-hmm. And I have all faith that a lot of us can teach a lot of that core competency and a lot of that, you know, uh, the, the actual technical capabilities that is required. But I think what, what turns an, an epic team in fact, a good team into an epic team, in my opinion, are the people who then have the ability to be obsessed about somebody else's job and w- what is it that's going on over there, and um, understanding actually, you know, instead of trying to cobble this thing together, I will go to the expert in my field within my company to be able to support me for that. And you can you can do that. And, and I think that's the one thing um, I truly respect. A, um, a, a journey further, it's like playing in the Premier League; like everyone is just epic at what they're doing in their job, and they're here to do a really, really good job. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is very much, it takes a team to score a goal. And so, you know, uh, as soon as I've I've arrived, instead of going, well, I've already do my job well without Thierry, therefore I don't need him. Like I've got intros to more people than I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Just being like, okay, Thierry, what is it that you do? What are you interested in? What do you love? And therefore, how can we incorporate it in the way we currently work? Um, and if you, can, if you can hire for that kind of attitude, um, it, it works. And I, I think the only reason I stick out like a sore thumb is just because society tells you that people who are who do data or are or, or insight-led or whatever are boring. Mm-hmm. We're not all, it's just no one's talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, we are interested in human beings for sure. It's just no one's talking to us. And at the same time, I do definitely think that hiring into those teams I think actually sometimes it, would be, it might even be great taking somebody from a, another competency and putting them into that kind of data and insight, offering, teaching them the core skills that they need um, and then, yeah, letting their kind of personality, personality shine
0: i love that there's so much generosity in that mate you know it, it, yeah. it's uh it's wicked and there's a there's a lovely chat comment here from nicole who says data geeks are people too we have feelings yes, yes we do <laughs> oh
1: my god nicole me and you we're gonna to need to make t-shirts
0: <laughs> we'll sell them through the meetup in fact absolutely you'll probably, probably have on the market tomorrow knowing you uh so I'm, <laughs> I'm going i'm going through the q a and i'm absolutely not ignoring it but I, i'd also think that um we're covering a lot as we're going so hopefully you feel like your questions are being yeah that's cool as we go uh, there's a few social listening questions could, yeah mate i, I mean that up yeah so that's something i know nothing at all about yeah. really so if 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 you want to uh, offer an opinion on, on social listening yeah I'd really yeah for sure um so i'm a big fan of
1: social listening my only issue is with social listening it's really hard to actually clean so a lot of the social listening tools so whether it is uh, your Sprout Socials, your Meltwaters, your Brandwatch, your Falcon.io's, all all of them. Um, And then now there's a real insurgence of things like influencer tools as well. So your hype auditors and things like that who kind of analyze uh, influencer offering. I think it's really difficult to clean a lot of the social listening data, uh, in my opinion, because what it ultimately works at is it picks up it picks up keywords within a certain group of text, and you're then limited around a certain factor. So, for example, um, location. So, if I wanted to know uh, who tweets about a certain thing in a certain location, we, we can't do that because, for example, when I tweet, I don't have my location set on for a certain for a certain tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a limitation already in itself. So then there's no then uh, uh, the geotagging of that is quite loose. Um, and also, there's a. It doesn't account for a lot of the AI now. It doesn't actually quite understand British humour as well as you think, or a lot of uh, cultural and uh, you know language nuance where someone is actually you think they're slagging off your brand, but are actually being um, they're actually being a little bit cheeky, or you know, um, and and it's not actually them saying anything negative about uh, about your brand. And also, the difficulties as well with social listening is for me is to not take it as its own gospel mm-hmm. because there was, an, there was a situation where I was working with a fast fashion brand and they um, did a campaign where they were selling super, super, super low priced items um, and social media blew up in an absolute storm. and we were like, how dare you? This is not sustainable, rightfully so. Do you know what I mean? It's not sustainable, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, that client then came to me and said, should we pull said product? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it was up to me to then figure out whether whether we should or whether we shouldn't had we looked at social media on its own absolutely like that social media is almost a planet on own the metaverse, metaverse is literally just social media <laughs> like it's a complete other planet of its own and we behave in completely different cultural ways and so then when I looked at, at that it's, I should have told the buying team to pull that product because I said you are getting absolutely slated mm-hmm. but when I then connected that up with uh, brand, uh, our brand tool, so YouGov Brand Index, for example, is a really good brand tool. So that tracks your brand health against a, a national representative sample. Um, and then I connected that up with then the the site traffic and you know the, the kind of purchases coming through there. What I what I realized is the anomaly was social media, because our brand tool was telling us that actually we've not seen a significant, uh, statistically significant decline. In our, in our brand impression. So do people have a positive impression of your brand? Uh, traffic was coming through well, the sales are doing well, they are flying out. Mm-hmm. So then the narrative for me then is, then I then went to YouGov profiles and I profiled that audience. So customers offset brand, um, please show me this. And I realized that they over-index for being sustainably conscious, right? But they're also super impulsive and need things like immediately. So then the narrative we're able to weave there is go, yes, this audience is super sustainably conscious, absolutely. But when it comes to a Thursday and you need a dress for a bottomless brunch on a Saturday Mm -hmm. and the product isn't turning up, it's poor product quality, it's not priced correctly, et cetera, then that fourth kick in the teeth will be your sustainability that they'll they'll kind of hang you with. Mm -hmm. So what we're able to then what we are able to prove then is that this negativity is localized and is only sitting on social media. So continue with the product, the product sold out, they run it for another two years. Mm-hmm. But the warning I did give them though, was that, you know, branding itself will erode over time. Like, yes, consumers, you know, forget to an extent, but uh, word of mouth is more powerful than it's ever been in my, in, in my opinion, especially with social media. And it only takes somebody to quickly do a little Google and they've seen articles about you not being sustainable and things like that. And now we are, you know, someone coined it really well like we're into ethical aesthetics so not only do we now care about uh you know how we look but also our look must also be sustainable in a way and I think as a, as a people we're moving towards that so those types of brands it's a bit of a ticking time bomb in my opinion um and hence why you're kind of seeing fashion brands as well start talking like that so yeah social media shouldn't be just taken as the uh, as a be all and end all it has to be plugged into something else to validate that um, otherwise, you will always be looking at one one view and running one way, um, and not actually realise that. So, like, how many times have you turned off your Twitter and realised that some of the campaigns that like, we absolutely buzz about as marketers, no one cares, no one's seen it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes, you know, we're all on social media, you know, patting each other on the back um but actually when 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 you step away you're like oh my god no one even saw this <laughs> so it's always important to kind of get our heads out of social media for sure
0: i love that yeah it's um i guess the nft sort of scene is, is an example right now that you know, I, I used this example a couple of weeks ago but you know i asked my mom and my wife you know uh what do you think of nfts the other day and they went and what <laughs> you know and, and and you know that's not to say that it is, you know they're always going to be the target market but the social media world is absolutely um yeah i think and i mean, I, and I mean it, it creeps out though so like they did um coinbase did that advert
1: right i've been reading yeah. a lot of analysis around this where they did the uh, qr code bouncing around things it's like amazing that. i loved it yeah but they see the thing is for our for absolutely for our generation it was like genius right mm. but my mum's watching that being like what on earth is this why is it in the way of the telly <laughs> <laughs> so so no absolutely this is where social media is kind of spilled out and my mum's like what on earth is happening here but <laughs> it, it, it 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 was a really good way of saying super polarized attack on you know in a mass market and uh, you know a uh, uh, mass adoption system we're gonna go for you and when we've paid x amount of millions to be seen by other people but we're not bothered we want you um and it was quite a quite a smart thing
0: um yeah. from some of the analysis i've been looking at yeah it's interesting i'd, I'd love to see that you know if, if um it, you know if it ever comes out that would be cool um mm-hmm. Mate, I can't believe it. The time has flown by. Uh, it's it's half past nine. Oh, wow. Um, which is ridiculous. We've got a bunch of open questions, but as I say, I, I really hope that we feel like uh, we've covered a lot of them throughout the duration. Um, I'll also make sure because, you know, it's a great data point for you as well, Thierry, to sort of see some of the questions and, and, and sort of see what's coming through. Um, you know, I'd love to do this again at some point. Um, there's been a few comments sort of Absolutely. saying that folks uh, would love to hear more from you so that'll be really yeah fun.
1: absolutely yeah grab me on twitter um it's at TRE allen a-l-a-i-n um you know i tweet everything i kind of talk about here with just a bit more uh, enthusiasm so <laughs> please do feel free to to drop me a dm um or grab me on linkedin as well like yeah i'm always up for a human connection
0: that's awesome we'll, we'll link that as well in the follow-up email uh, Much appreciate well. um and we'll also do a write-up of today's session and mention all of the tools in there as well so uh sensational Everyone's got every tool in the world ever uh, to go from here. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you thank for you. spending an hour with us. And thank you also uh, for <laughs> just a phenomenal um, chat feature throughout the duration of today's session. I've seen so much like really interesting stuff with folks supporting each other, helping each other out with the problems. This is what it's all about. So honestly, thank you all so, so much. Uh, it means the absolute world that you turn up every week and, and, and do that. So thank you very, 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 very much last thing from me is to say uh, a big thank you to our sponsors for today, Cambridge Marketing College, and also to our other sponsors. Please do uh, check them out in the follow-up email after, and, and say thank you to them as well if you can make the time. Uh, that makes a big difference for how the Marketing Meetup uh, can continue to run and, and bring these sessions to all of you. With all that said, uh, we're back next Tuesday, uh, so I hope to see you there. Uh, keep an eye out for the Roundup email in the next little while, and uh, yeah, take care. Cheers, man. Thank you for taking the time. Bye.